This is CliffCentral.com. Richard, are we on track with the financial pack for my presentation to the board next week? Well, hopefully. The team's very short-staffed, and it's taking such a long time to find a suitable financial manager for the division. We're way behind on all our forecasts and reporting. Why don't you speak to the finance team? They're a consultancy that can help you with an experienced interim financial manager. You can have somebody to help you almost immediately. They'll hit the ground running with no long-term contracts and no upfront placement fees. Go to thefinanceteam.co.za. Welcome to the business section of our Business Masterclass. I'm Richard Angus, CEO of the Finance Team, your part-time financial executive solution. Joining me in studio today is Safia Boulay of New Habits, Making Shift Happen. Hi, Richard. Looking forward to the show. Thank you. And staying on from our previous segment, Cynthia Skuman of Ethics Monitor. Thank you. Nice to be here. Great. Our guest today is Andrew Koenig, CEO of Redefined Properties. Andrew, thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for having me on your show, Richard. It's great to have you with us. So, Andrew, we've been chatting about the whole question of business ethics. Um, we have a monthly feature on the on the platform about business ethics and the importance of business ethics that we've been running. And so we'd like to pose some questions to you, if you would be happy to, uh, to take them, on how you see the value of business ethics in your business at Redefined Properties. Um, we've identified and realized that this is an important part of your world. What are your views on the value? I mean, business ethics is just so topical today, you know, in today's day and age, and particularly with everything going on in the South African context. What do you see, though, as the value of business ethics from a, from a Redefined Properties perspective? So, so, Richard, from our perspective, um, you know, our business being the property game is embedded in society very deeply. And as you know, particularly in South Africa, we operate in an environment of inequality. And ethics, simply put, provides us with a counterbalance to abuse of power. Abuse of power is the greatest threat to sustainability, and our business is generating sustained value creation for all our stakeholders. So it touches on every stakeholder within the communities in which you operate, our investors, staff, all touch points. Okay. Yeah, for for me, I mean, Andrew, building on what you say, I think what, what warrants emphasis is that the organizations that have looked at what the value of ethics is have often not recognized it quite clearly enough relative to their stakeholders. So, you know, in terms of simple questions, if you asked your employees, would you like to work in an ethical organization? Actually, if they thought about it for two nanoseconds, of course they would, because in an ethical organization, they're treated fairly, they're treated with respect and the like. Would your clients, suppliers, etc., want to? Um, the answer is yes. So, so I really wanted to emphasize that stakeholder value of, mm. of ethics. Mm. Now, Andrew, how do you – I mean, obviously – Key things that that we've realised with the ethical conversations that we've been having over the last few few months is that ethics starts at the top. It's very clear that 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 does happen in an organisation. How do you, as a leader in the organisation, go about positioning the ethics conversation? What are you doing as a leader that perhaps is a little different that would give some leaders out there some insights and some inspiration of what they could do perhaps differently in their own organizations and take a good leaf out of your book? So for us, Richard, <clears throat> you're absolutely right in that the, the ethics conversation begins right at the top of the business. So what we have at Redefine is a code of business 
uh, or code of business uh, policy, which covers ethics by every level of the business, starting with the board of directors and working through all the structures right down to staff at the lower, lowest levels of the organization. But underpinning all of that is a very strong values-driven culture. So everything that we do is done through an integrated approach to management where we take into account all stakeholders' outcomes as a consequence of a strategic choice. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, if you are always acting ethically, you'll be acting consistently, and that translates into building your brand and making sure that you as a brand can be trusted and that you will be an attractive place to work, you'll be an mm-hmm. attractive business partner, whether it's as a, as a provider of office or, or retail or industrial accommodation in our case, or even from a supplier's point of view. So coming back to what we do at Redefine, apart from having this values-driven culture that's from the top right down the entire organization, part of our remuneration packages, our bonuses, up to 30% of our variable pay rides on, on ethics, whether we subscribe consistently to our value system, i.e. it's how you conduct yourself, which is as important as the outcome itself. Mm-hmm. And then what we also look at is external surveys conducted by independent bodies to make sure that our ethics are consistently applied, whether it's from an internal stakeholder point of view or an external one. We go further in that we have a reward and recognition program where we publicly applaud and recognize achievement in ethical conduct. And then we also hold regular ESG engagements with our investors to obtain on a one-on-one basis feedback as to whether our approach is on track or not in terms of the broader ESG conversation, Mm. which underpins ethics as well. Uh, Andrew, I must just compliment you on that. One of the one of the things that came up in a previous show, um, and I'm looking across the studio at, at Safia here, is the whole question of an ethical workplace was discussed. And one of the issues that we identified as a real problem is when you have an employee who is incentivized to do something different to what they know is right from an ethical standpoint. And I think what you what you're showing here is that you've you've clearly in redefine um aligned the let's call it the performance and and paid for performance in the ethical space to in an attempt to get the right outcomes now we know this is not a perfect science and we know that you know even if you you do say to people they're going to be paid for doing the right things right so that sometimes they do not comply that's just life um but Sash, do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I think, um, so Andrew, I also just want to compliment you because I don't know if there are organizations that include ethics in the way in which people are groomed or prepared for for knowing what it is, what success is in that organization. So it sounds to me like, like you've already anticipated what can go wrong and you're saying in spite of all these incentives out there to do this, winning in Redefine looks like this. Absolutely. Our vision is to be the best in all aspects of what we do. And you can so easily be tripped up in that quest through um, uh, unethical behavior. That's why we we are very serious about ethics. We take it seriously throughout the uh, organization and we have a zero tolerance 
to mm. unethical behavior. Well, I, I must say, I, I love that line, zero tolerance, because yes. I think for me, in the world of ethics, not enough people and not enough organizations are drawing the line in the sand and saying, this is where it is, and we will not cross this line. Yes, yes. Andrew, that's great to hear. Yeah, unfortunately, I think if you cross that line once, you know, it becomes easier and easier to yeah. do it repetitively. And that then sets a culture of, of one that you want to stay away from because it will be a cancer that will um, destroy your business from a sustainability point of view. Indeed. I mean, that, yeah, that, that slippery slope, I think organizations don't recognize how lethal it can be. That one small little decision that wasn't absolutely in line and, and actually delivered quite a good return. And, and suddenly, as you say, Andrew, it, it's really that, that proverbial slippery slope. Yeah. So, Andrew, um, so, so doing all of this requires quite a lot of management efforts, quite a lot of leadership. Um, it's, it's stuff that you m- could probably be in business doing for years without paying attention to. Um, and it's quite expensive also, I suppose, in, in, in some respects. What has been the payoff for you of doing this? You know, it's, it's, it's one of those intangibles that you can't put a rand value to. But what we did do not so long ago was undertook a, a brand valuation. Mm-hmm. We were the first property company to really undertake a, a brand valuation to see not what the value per se was, but to get feedback from all stakeholders to perceive or, or obtain their perceptions as to what, you know, the brand promise means to each of our stakeholders. And, and we came out with a, with a number of 6.3 billion rand. It's a, it's a massive wow. number. But the insights that we gained as a consequence of the process in arriving at that value were far more valuable. And, and for us, it becomes a way of conducting business and, and a way of reaching out and, and touching every point in, in, your, in your life from, mm-hmm. a, from a stakeholder engagement point of view. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that's where ethics play a role. That's where ethics make a big difference. And without ethics, you have no clue in terms of your stakeholder engagement. So, yes, you can ultimately look at your share price. You can look at, you know, your tenant retention record. You can look at your staff, whether they are attracted to redefine as, a, as an employer of choice and whether they remain so, yeah, very faithful and, and loyal uh, employees over the long term. All of these immeasurable outcomes have a huge value ultimately. But, you know, you can't pinpoint it to one yeah. thing and say it is you know, um, a, a singular number that gives rise to or an outcome of, from all these, um, you know, ethical um, initiatives that we have embarked upon. Yeah. I mean, what, what I think is noteworthy, Andrew, about what you're sharing is that, um, as Richard emphasized, that, that ethics is really flowing from the top of the organization. But crucially, it's also doing so consistently. This is not a half a morning uh, a year where, where we have a quick little reminder, geez, guys, mm-hmm. ethics is important. The, the ethics breakfast, here, have a muffin and then go away e- for exactly, the rest of the year. Exactly. I, I think that consistency is a hugely important factor. And, and and coming back to something you said a little earlier that I that I also think warrants emphasis for businesses that are listening to this, 
is that ethics so often devolves to a rule-based approach, to a sort of minimal level of compliance. And, and the emphasis, Andrew, that you're putting on values for me is absolutely crucial. That, that complying with those rules, of course we need to do that. That's the basis. That's the, the starting point. But, but that needs to be built on enormously with living our values and, and living our values every day. And I, I think, Safia, building on, on what you said, and you might want to explore it further, I think that, that it can be challenging to live those values every day. I think there, there can be, you know, temptations, there can be distractions. Um, so again, it comes back to that leadership commitment mm. for me that's so important. Mm. Now, Andrew, whilst I, I like to focus us, focus us on the positives and, and the likes, what is what is your approach and what do you do as the executive when things don't go as as you would like them when when there is some sort of breach of ethical standards somewhere in your organization how how do you deal with that what what is your approach give, give business owners out there an insight as, as an example of of a great governance structure and ethical platform that you have because the reality is People do make mistakes and things do go wrong. How, how do you handle those sort of things in your, in your environment? So for us, Richard, we are, after all, people. As you mm-hmm. say in our tagline, we're not landlords, we're people. <laughs> yeah. People, as you know, are fallible. We are, exactly. you know, we, we, we do make uh, mm-hmm. mistakes. Yep. I think for us, the most important um, aspect of a situation where you, there could be a, a situation where there's a breach of sorts of, of an ethical situation for us, it's about transparent communication, not to sweep things under the carpet, mm-hmm. but to take it on the chin, to be bold enough and decisive enough to, to man up, to mm. take the, the issue on board and to mm-hmm. deal with it there and then decisively. So I think transparent communication is absolutely imperative. People yeah. are far more intelligent than we often give them credit for. Very often their perception is very close to reality. Mm. And if you, if you don't deal with it, you know, swiftly and, and, and on a transparent basis, unfortunately it has the capacity to, to escalate to levels far beyond yeah, the issue well, itself. Well, I mean, I, I guess the whole point is when you do have ethical failure, and please note my, my choice of words here, when you do have ethical failure, because it will happen somewhere in an organization yes. at some point. It's, it's impossible to not have it happen. The ethics then, or let's call it the ethical culture, then kicks in around how you deal with it. So you've clearly defined both, you know, your, let's call it your fallback position and how you deal with things transparently and openly and honestly. And so that in turn also speaks to your ethics culture as an organization is to say, you know, if, if it goes wrong and when it goes wrong, this is how we deal with things correctly and appropriately, which I think is great. It's it's good to acknowledge that you, we don't expect perfection and we do expect people to make a best efforts. And then when it doesn't happen the way we'd like, we have a way to fix that as well. Um, I think and, it's important to have that. Yeah. And, and Richard, emphasizing what you're saying, where the organization's handles an ethical breach really well, mm. counterintuitively, it actually strengthens their ethics. So sweep it on the carpet, exponential damage, but, mm. but dealing with with transparency, as I say, it might be counterintuitive, but can in fact yeah. strengthen the brand. Exactly. Now, Andrew, I mean, from your perspective, I mean, you, you've obviously been in business a long time. You've been in the property game for a long time. I mean, 
what is your experience? How do how do people react to redefine and yourself as from an ethical perspective? Do do people in the industry, your clients, your suppliers, people around you, do they actually recognize the value of of ethics and and what you're doing? Do do you get the the acknowledgement from those around you or not? Uh, Richard, you, we don't get that acknowledgement, but. But I think where we draw comfort from is the fact that we have a number of existing relationships that have got, have been with us for many, many years, from suppliers through to tenants to through to investors, um, even from a staffing point of view. You know, we, we are um, <clears throat> well regarded in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't tell you that, we you know, we, we get tips or, 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 or compliments at all as regards mm-hmm. our ethical conduct. But where we draw comfort from is the fact that we're running a sustainable business mm. and, and, and we're confident that it will continue mm. in that vein going forward. Yeah. Well, I, I, would, I would say to you, at least you're not uh, having to deal with the question of companies saying, should I be doing business with redefined properties or not, a.k.a. KPMG or, and the like at the moment. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're not getting those nasty questions, you know, yeah. you're okay. But, but Richard, your question is a, is a tough question to Andrew because where you're sitting with a strong ethical culture, mm. how do you – leverage sounds like you're trying to get something out of it, but how do you get the recognition for it? And I think that there, there are a number of areas that organizations aren't exploring well enough. I mean, it happens to be related to the BE codes, but organizations can offer supplier development in, in the area mm. of ethics, which is recognized in their BE codes and, of course, would make a difference to those organizations. Do you know that under the um, socioeconomic development, you can offer ethics training to, to unemployed um, people who, who you could identify a group? And again, yes, there is this benefit that it's recognized in terms of triple BE, but it can position the organization much more strongly as a visible ethics advocate, and I think that's valuable. Yeah, definitely. Now, Andrew, I mean, as a CEO of a of a major player in the in the South African context, what are some of the things that you you see as kind of let's call them key elements that you would say to other CEOs and and entrepreneurs out there to say, listen, if you're if you're starting out or you're growing your business, these are some of the key things you need to think about to to build out this ethical workspace. Because I mean you you you've you've got your your organization at this point, but let's help lift some of the guys that perhaps haven't got to that spot. Uh, spot. What are some of the key things that you see as kind of let's call them pinpoints along the way uh, along this journey that you perhaps w- would say, hey, this work would work for you. Okay, Richard. So I think, you know, you can come up with, with a number of points. So I've got roughly six points that I could share with you. Mm-hmm. The first is the tone is set at the top. So one has to install model ethical behavior by being a leader who adheres to the highest ethical standards in your own professional life. Mm-hmm. I think it starts with yourself and mm-hmm. then it can, you know, be uh, transported through the organization. So consistently treating others with respect and authenticity is absolutely important. The second would be to adopt transparency in decision-making and communications. Mm-hmm. Open-door policy is important, regular one-on-one meetings and so forth. To give mm-hmm. staff insights and, and to value you know, their input as well along the way. Mm-hmm. It's very important that the responsibility for living those values as well is 
is um, shared amongst all staff. So a code of business conduct, I think, goes a long way to establishing a formal ethics or a kind of environment, which mm-hmm. should be a living, breathing document. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also having zero tolerance for breach of ethics. Absolutely important that everybody in the organization subscribes to the same set of values, but very importantly, and in our business particularly, you, we are reliant on a number of service providers that have a lot of touch points with our stakeholders. For example, security staff, cleaning staff, and the like. Mm-hmm. Those service providers similarly have to also subscribe to the same value system that, that we have installed here at Read of Fine. Celebrating and recognizing and rewarding people for proactive ethical leadership, very, very important. And we also need to be brave enough to admit and learn from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then just lastly, I think from a training point of view, it has to be part of the, the staff training program that ethics are woven into all aspects of training so that this journey that we're all embarking upon from an ethical point of view is encouraged through, through actively training and promoting at every opportunity ethical conduct. Mm. Now, Andrea, I mean, you, those are those are some great pointers, and I, and I think for me, you know, I think often what happens is we we often hear people saying, "Well, ethics is important, and everybody out there must do it." So I think I must compliment you and your team, you know, to to say it starts at the top, and and you you spend time on this, and you clearly spend time and effort focusing. I I recently had an interaction with a sadly a listed company whose CEO told us that they didn't have time to send the executive on institute of director training for their corporate governance structures and and some uh, some of the elements of, of directorships and executive directorship and and I just cringed when I you know when I heard you know people saying they don't have time to spend helping the very people that lead the organization lead Appropriately and correctly. So I must compliment you and your team on, on doing an excellent job in setting that tone. Um, I'm pretty sure if I was a, a member of staff in the redefined group, there would be no question in my mind as to what is expected of me, what is expected of me in my daily interaction with fellow staff members, suppliers, customers, etc. It would be very clearly uh, articulated in my mind, given, given what, you, what you've invested. Now, Andrew, I mean, just... In terms of you know what what you've invested in this whole question of ethics, I mean, d- does does the board and yourself as the executive see this as a conscious investment in ethical behaviours, training, focus, etc., or is this just the way business is done in Redefine? Well, we like to see it, Richard, as the Redefine way. Um, okay, it's not a conscious effort to invest in anything. This this is part of our value system. It's part of our culture that we've created at, at Redefine. And you know, but what's very important is for everyone to remain their authentic selves. We don't want to create a mm. clone here of one type of person or one type of personality. We want people to be the best version of who they can, mm. can be and in that process to live the values in the conduct mm. of, of, of that um, quest to be the best version of who they define to be. So for us, it's not, a, you know, it is a conscious effort because like a relationship, you have to work at it all the time and you have to reinforce it and remind people of it. But what we also try and do is create a culture where people hold each other to account. Mm. 
which is very important. So, you know, it's, it's not only up to us to, because sometimes your own perception of your behavior might be a little bit skewed and, and potentially narcissistic as well. So it's very refreshing if you often hear from somebody else that, by the way, the way that this issue was approached was possibly not, you know, from an ethical or from a value system, but the most appropriate way to do so. Well, Andrew, yep. That, yep. that's incredible to hear. Yeah. Um, one, one of the things that always strikes me uh, quite, quite centrally on, on, uh, on leadership is leaders' ability to take feedback and receive feedback from, from those around them. And quite clearly, you, you encourage a culture of engagement and, and what Safia and I would call the honest conversation, mm-hmm. the ability to receive feedback. We always say feedback is a gift, um, but to receive feedback and actually do something with that feedback and know what you're going to do with it. And yeah, you know, the fact that you, you can look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, well, somebody said, hey, that wasn't so great. And you can look yourself in the mirror as the leader and as the leadership team and say, well, actually, maybe that person has a point. I think that's, that's very admirable. And I uh, congratulate you on that, on that, uh, what do you call it? Self-awareness that mm-hmm. uh, you can do that. That's, that takes a big person to be able to do that and a big, a big team to be able to, to make that happen. Yes, and and also, you know, to be able to give someone feedback, um, what it also says is that there's enough trust in the organization mm. that when I give you the feedback, I don't then have to worry that there are any repercussions. So, again, back to where you've got a trust-based ethical culture, you have access to a wealth of feedback that if, if again, you can, you can act on it, um, it, it can enable you. It can enable you to move forward and and take proactive action rather than reactive action after the the incident has has perhaps unravelled. Yeah. So so for me that that trust again delivers so many more benefits. Yeah, the the clean up afterwards activities are never as good as I prevented it before it, before in, it blew out. Indeed, yeah, indeed. indeed. Andrew, just from our side, um, it has been a great pleasure to talk to you about Redefine and, and what you've managed to achieve there. Um, you know, we do like to hold up organizations on this program that have really uh, set the standard uh, for ethical behavior. And I really do believe from what we've heard from you today that we can really put uh, Redefine in that category as one of the corporate citizens in South Africa making a, making its mark and making sure that uh, People know where you stand and how you how you stand on various issues. Just as a par, uh, kind of closing comment, um, you know, you obviously have have focused on this as a as an important part of the value set of of, re, uh, of redefine. What do you what is redefine's value set? Just won't you repeat that for us so that that others out there can hear that value statement and and engage with it and understand what 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 that truly means from a values and ethics perspective. So, so the redefined values are, are very simple. Um, the first is oneness. We, we're in it all together. We make it happen. We respect personal relationships. We mean it. And we challenge the norm. Okay. I think those are great. that's a great set of value statements and really does position redefine uh, for the future. Andrew, thank you very much for your time as a panel. We really do appreciate your openness and candidness and uh, the example that you set for corporate South Africa. We really do appreciate your time. Thank you very much for being with us on the show. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. Next up, our youth leadership platform. This is cliffcentral.com.